0: You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.
2: One, two, three. What is now on
0: ESPN Radio. Joe Cocker for you here on your Friday. I can't believe how good I'm feeling. It was such a whirlwind this last week or so in Boise. I just can't believe how late we had to stay up. Those 9 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. tips, it's just unbelievable. I mean, you got to think that when we're doing that kind of stuff, we have at least three hours of content production after that stuff gets over. And when teams spend an hour cutting down the nets and doing all the post-game on TV and all that stuff, but we didn't get out of the press conference until 1.30 on Wednesday night and then still another three hours of work and had to hit the road by 6.30. But uh, no complaining. I actually can't believe how good I feel right now. Uh, I thought I was going to be dead tired, and this was going to be the worst radio show in the history of Nuanas Now. But we roll on, and I'm feeling great. Hopefully you're having a great Friday so far. It is Nuanas Now, live from Butte, Montana. We are here at Metals Sports Bar in the Mining City. I'm sitting here in the coach's corner, one of my favorite places in all of Montana. About 100 plaques honoring some of the great uh, sports figures to come out of or coach in the Mining City. Right across the way, I'm looking at plaques of Jim Sweeney, who we just inducted to the Montana Football Hall of Fame last year. Jiggs Dahlberg, uh, obviously a very famous and uh, familiar name, who uh, Dahlberg Arena now there uh, at the University of Montana is named after. Bob Petrino, senior putter, one of the great uh, small school football coaches in the state, coached at Carroll College forever. Sonny Lubick. uh, I mean, shoot, the football stadium of McConnell State is named after the guy. I mean, and I could go on and on and on and on. It's such a cool place here uh, in the corner of Metal Sports Bar. So if you're in and around the area, you're hanging out here in Butte for the Class AA State Tournament, come say what's up. I'll be down here broadcasting for about another hour. I'm going to be down at the Butte Civic Center uh, tonight and then for most of the day tomorrow as well. So excited to take in uh, some high school hoops. Thanks to Dave and his team here at Metal's for putting us up and uh, also – Thanks to the awesome guys at Uptop Clothing. Been friends with Colt Anderson for uh, ever since our college days back there at the University of Montana. And become good friends with Luke as well. And uh, Luke's sort of the mastermind behind Uptop, a uh, Montana-owned and operated business from right here in Butte, Montana. Visit TeamUptop.com. they got gear for all your favorite teams from across the state of Montana. And right now we're offering a discount. If you put in ESPN5 at checkout, you're going to receive $5 off all your purchases. So get all geared up. Want to get some new Grizz gear, Bobcat gear, Montana Tech, Montana Western, all of it. Go to teamuptop.com. Use ESPN5 at checkout for $5 off all your purchases. Thanks to Up Top Clothing for helping us take this show on the road and for getting us set up here at Metals Clothing. UpTop Clothing reminding you to take a step back and enjoy the moment. Real-time update here. Billings West up 46-41. Two minutes and 41 seconds left to go against Kalispell Glacier. The winner of this game is going to advance to the Class A state championship game. So this is going to be a tight one coming down the stretch. Uh, West has hit a free throw. So uh, they're up 47-41. So a couple other real-time updates for you. As we mentioned earlier, the Missoula Sentinel girls, they avoided elimination. They stayed alive with the 59-52 win. Over Bozeman Gallatin this morning. Big Skies girls, they're going home after a heartbreaker. 32-31 against Bozeman High. In the undefeated girls semifinals, Hellgate plays West at 630 tonight and Skyview plays Flathead at 8 p.m. tonight. And then in boys action, Bozeman Gallatin in their first ever state tournament, they stayed alive with an 85-77 win over the hometown Butte Bulldogs. As uh, so a Butte goes 0-2, unfortunate because, I mean, there's Butte's going to show up and show out for these tournaments, but I just thought it would would have been fun to have the Bulldogs play it on Saturday because it just would have meant even more people uh, in attendance. But either way, Bozeman Gallatin, they stay alive uh, for a trophy. Like I mentioned, West and Glacier down to two minutes to go, 47-41. West leads Glacier and uh, the winner of this game will play the winner of Bozeman and Hellgate. That game's scheduled for a 5 p.m. tip, but we're a little behind, probably about half an hour behind, so that game will uh, probably tip more like 535-45 535-45 down there uh, from the Civic Center. Class B results. The Missoula Ola boys are into the state championship game up there in Great Falls. They beat Wolf Point to 63-50. They'll play the winner of Malta and Big Fork. That game just about to tip from up there at Four Seasons Arena. Class A girls from Bozeman. Harden takes down Laurel 76-71. And building Central, they take on Haver at 5 p.m. in the other undefeated semifinals. So Harden into the girls' Class A state championship game. They'll play the winner of Central and Haver. A stat from Jeff Safford, Central and Haver have played uh, in the Class A state tournament now five consecutive seasons. So uh, certainly a rivalry amongst two of the best teams from the Eastern A. And uh, the winner of that one will get a chance to advance the Haver girls' They're gunning for their third straight Class A title, and they're gunning for their fourth out of the last five. So certainly a dynasty, and uh, we'll see if they can continue that, playing a really talented building central team at 5 p.m. there uh, in Bozeman. Um, Class A boys, their undefeated semifinals are tonight, 6.30. Dillon and Butte Central play, and then 8 p.m., Frenchtown and Lewistown play. Uh, Frenchtown has been one of the hottest teams in Class A lately. But Lewistown is the hottest team in the state. They are undefeated, 23-0. They were the state runner-up last year, and they have not lost a game since losing uh, that state championship game in Missoula to Butte Central on Dougie Peoples' legendary walk-off shot at the buzzer to win the state title. But Lewistown's been truly unbeatable, peerless uh, since that moment. And then in Class C, 6 p.m., Manhattan Christian versus Belt in the undefeated semifinal. and 7.30 p.m., Broaddus plays Big Sandy in Class C, boys. Uh, The Classy Girls, they already have their state championship game booked. Twin Bridges will take on Seiko, Whitewater, and Hinsdale. New on us now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Been giving you our top storylines from uh, spring football. I gave you my Grizz one with the reshuffling of the coaching staff. How about one on the Bobcats? Bobcats coming off of their second consecutive, uh, I, I guess their third consecutive Final Four appearance uh, in the FCS playoffs. They went to the championship uh, two years ago and then this last year lost to a national champion, South Dakota State. A lot of people wondered how they were going to possibly replace a handful of NFL players coming out of that run to the national championship game and they did it pretty seamlessly last year. But My biggest question mark for the Cats coming into spring football, which I think they begin on Monday, is what's the defense going to look like? Because two years ago you had multiple NFL players, like Troy Anderson, who was a second-round draft pick, Daniel Hardy, uh, who got drafted in the seventh round. How do you replace those guys? Well, it's not as if the Bobcats did it uh, seamlessly because uh, they did did it in a different style last year. They ran the ball with authority. They controlled the clock big time. They played the possession game. But their defense was opportunistic. They took the ball away at a high level. They had several really great playmakers, and now it's going to be a completely new-look unit. They do have some incredibly talented sophomores that are going to be juniors, like Sebastian Valdez, who is a first-team all-conference guy at defensive tackle. Brody Greeby, first-team all-conference guy at defensive end. Simeon Woodard, who is an all-conference player at corner. Uh, but they do have to replace some of their stalwart leaders. I mean, Calhoun O'Reilly, a three-year starter, and inside linebacker for the Cats. Ty Okada has been the heart and soul of that defense, particularly from a cerebral perspective and just from a vocal leadership perspective for the duration of his career. And to Jeffrey Manny Jr., a transfer from Oregon State, who uh, maybe for what he lacked in run support was such a great ball hawk and playmaker in coverage. So where do you turn without those guys? I mean, those guys were such uh, great vocal leaders. We'll keep talking spring ball storylines for both Montana and Montana State. Billings West, right now they're up 49-43 on Kalispell Glacier. Our tournament takeover continues. Coming to you live from Metals Sports Bar in Butte, Montana. You want a place to watch state tournament action? You want a place to watch the NCAA tournament? You want a place to watch all the conference tournaments from across college basketball? Check out Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls is located at 3621 Brook Street. They got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus food and drink specials all the time. Paradise Falls proudly presenting the tournament takeover here on Nuanas Now. Earlier this week, I got the news of a, a, a sad passing. Don Wetzel Sr., the first Native American basketball player to ever earn a Division I scholarship in Montana. He was a legend at Cutbank High School and then played for the Grizzlies in the mid-1970s when Judd Heathcote was the head coach. was an all-big-sky talent there uh, for Montana and a guy who was sort of uh, the patriarch of one of the top basketball families in Montana. There's been so many great native players from Montana, but Don Wetzels was one of the first. He was a a pioneer and a trailblazer in in getting the Division I scholarship that he received. He finished the the deal by graduating from Montana as well, and he's been highly involved, uh, in the. and his family has too. I mean, there's been Wetzels all over the place, both as players, coaches, uh, they've been such a huge part of the uh, the fabric of basketball in the state of Montana. Don Wetzel was honored at the N7 game at the University of Montana about a month ago, and I, I was happy that he was able to make it for that. Uh, he was wheelchair-bound at that point. He lost his leg. Uh, not sure what that was stemming from, but some sort of health issue. And uh, then a month later, Don Wetzel passes away at the age of 74. One of the great nicknames in the history of high school uh, or, or just the history of basketball in the state of Montana, the Soaring Eagle. Amazing. We have crossed paths with the Wetzels several times for a variety of reasons. And I just wanted to reshare this conversation because it's, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite interviews we've ever done, and I know it means a lot to um, native peoples in the state of Montana, but it also meant a lot to us. So uh, back in 2021 when Ryan Toutel was still the co-host of this show, We sat down with Don Wetzel Sr. and his son, Ryan Wetzel. The conversation was about 45 minutes long, but here's an excerpt of it. uh, Just talking about what basketball means to Native Americans in Montana and what it meant to the Wetzel family. Well, we're very happy
2: now to be joined by uh, a couple of guests here on the show. Don Wetzel Sr., who uh, played for the University of Montana Grizzly men's basketball team in the late 60s and early 70s out of Bank, Montana. One of the great great basketball players for the Montana Grizzlies. And Ryan Wetzel as well, his son, who is a friend of the show, I think I could say, Ryan, at this point. We're happy to have you back on as well, but a lot of stuff to cover here. Uh, this is, we're excited to have you here on the roundtable because this is an exciting uh, a story. I know it's a difficult story at times but also a story that for folks who don't really understand everything that has gone into the the Washington football team's logo and icon that they have used uh, you know most recently and has been part of not just the Blackfeet Nation but your family specifically uh, uh, Ryan and Don we wanted to delve into that stuff and also talk about you know the, the playing basketball back in the 60s and the 70s in the state of Montana and coming from Cutbank to Missoula and what that was like Don so we wanted to cover all that stuff, but we appreciate you being here. How are you both? We're doing great, yes. Ryan. We appreciate you uh having us come on. Uh you know, just thankful to
3: to be able to have an opportunity to kind of let Dad share his insight on everything and you know me here to just kind of ride along and, and also share a little bit on my end.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well let's let's start with the basketball stuff. Uh obviously a tremendous basketball playing family and Ryan you're you know a great player over the years as well but Don you, uh, you were outstanding in your time as a player, both at Cutbank, a state champion there, and then also uh, with the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, four years uh, spent uh, at the University of Montana, I believe it was 68 to 71, something in there, if I've got my numbers about right. As well as being the, your senior, you're the MVP of the team. What was it like for you at that time? How did you get the basketball bug? What was it that that, that game got into you? Because you were good at a lot of sports, Don. Well, you know, I, I, um, I think being,
4: um, I, I was raised on, uh, the, uh, Blackfeet Reservation, a place they call Seville Flats and, um, a pretty desolate country. And we had three buildings there and growing up, um, I built a uh, gym in an old greenery I had and um, started shooting a a little ball into a, um, I believe it was a commodity tomato, U.S. Commodity tomato can (laughs) 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 that I cut off. And I had a little ball and I, I'd, I'd spend seven, eight hours a day out there, and pretty soon uh, you know, I would I would uh, use everything. Uh, we we as a family and, you know, go up to the old chicken coop. My mom provided me with those little um, goofy balls, and she made me throw the ball off the chicken coop, and I had this glove, and I'd have to try and chase that thing down. Now, that's that's pretty cool when you're about six years old. And so every part of the, um, the the homestead, we even built a baseball field and friends from Cup Bank would all come out and play whiffle ball at the old ranch. And um, so I, I had a liking, um, especially for basketball because I would spend hours in that gym, and I knew every one of my favorite players was um, Will Chamberlain, just because of his jump hook and his floater, who I stole from Wilt Chamberlain. But I knew them all out there, and I'd keep score, and then I'd figure out a game. Uh, I'd play my left hand against my right hand, taking about two hours, so... You know, I I grew up um, with uh, really not much to do, but finding a lot of stuff to do, and the the ball was a big part of that, I guess. Yeah,
0: that's good. Don, I, I I find the connection between... Uh, Native American culture, particularly in the state of Montana, and the sport of basketball to be fascinating. I remember when I first moved to Montana back in 1993, one of the first Sports Illustrateds I ever got was the iconic Sports Illustrated that had uh, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson on the cover for the Dream Team, but it had an article in that Sports Illustrated called Shadows of a Nation by Gary Smith, one of the great sports stories, in my opinion, ever written. It was all about basketball on the Indian reservations in Montana. I think you actually might have even been mentioned in the story, but the primary character Jonathan Take's enemy, but he t- I mean they talked about yes. Elvis Old Bull and, and a lot of the the legendary uh, Indian basketball players in the state of Montana. Why is that? What, what do you think the connection is between uh, the, the culture that you grew up in on the reservation and the sport of basketball? Well, you know, um, the sport, of you
4: know, if you go, if you look back in history, like the Mayans, and you go back a long way, 25,000 years, and and the Mayans had a game where they actually had a hoop and had a ball and shot it in that hoop. And so the ball and the Indian traditions uh, have been together for a long time, and and. Uh, and invented the game of basketball, of course. But if you read his history, his his favorite sport was uh, lacrosse. And he wanted to find a, an indoor game, I guess, to to play. And he loved the ball and the hoop. And he read all that Indian history on how the
2: Indians did use that in, in, a, in a lot of our Tradition, so it's been there. Don Wessel joining us along with his son Ryan here on the ESPN Roundtable, and uh, Don, a great, great basketball player both for the high school level at Cut Bank and then for the Montana Grizzlies uh, as well. And I wanted—I heard this. Now you tell me if this is true, Don. You broke into the gym in Cut Bank. You had to actually do B and E to get in there, so that you could go play basketball and work out. Like maybe when it was cold out and stuff. Is this true? Yeah, but the best part is um, I'd
4: have to go to, we had train tracks about, I'd say, a mile from my house before we got to the main highway, and those trains had to stop there at an old granary, and every now and then I could hook one of them in the cut bank and come flying off like a crazy man as I cross that bridge. But no, you know what? It, it, yeah, I did break in the gyms. <laughs> and uh, they couldn't keep me out, you know. <laughs> the cops would come and run my ass out of there. But and then I go break in the big gym. And, and the thing is... Um, there's a couple times that I, I slept this is crazy man I did sleep in the gym a few times and so I could get up start firing that ball see but yeah I did that and at the University of Montana at my floor uh, I had some wild athletes on my floor and if I got two out of hand I would actually go sleep in the old Dal
2: Dalberg kid, uh, mm. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's remarkable, and for for what you became as a basketball player, maybe it's no surprise the dedication that you had and the love. I mean, at this point, it's nothing you, you have to say. It's not just dedication. It's not motivation. It is love for the game of basketball that you had uh, that would would push you to go work. As hard as you did and just stay on it the way you did. Tell us quickly, what what do you remember about your time at the University of Montana? What was it like playing for the Grizzlies at that time, Uh, you know, for you and obviously a very successful and unbelievable career that you had at Montana?
4: Well, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I hurt my knee in 19. uh, Well, we were hitting in the last conference game and I popped my knee and it was a bad knee injury. So I went to the U and um, played on a freshman game and, and well, I shouldn't have been playing. I, I might have been red shirt at that time because after every practice and every other game I'd have to get my knee aspirated and that Dr. Curry at you, U, you know, he'd just be waiting for me and pull that stuff out of my knee, and I just kept going, which I probably should have took some time off, uh, but I I didn't. So I played hard for them, and, and one of the things that um, was very, um, I talked to an old friend of mine who played on the team. It was the fact that, you know, we all signed on to play for Ron Nord, uh, Ron Nord had great attitude, smart man, and he quits, uh, so we went through three head coaches in my four years there, and I I went from shooting guard to, to point guard. I'm gonna give you an incident that happened that I think you guys gotta know. We had an awful good team when I was a sophomore. I was playing opposite of a guard by the name of Harold Ross. And Harold Ross was from Seattle and was one of the best players I ever played with. And we go down to Utah. He outguns old Mike Newland, you know, 38 to 39 points, some damn thing like that. And I broke my nose. And because I tried to guard that monster, that new lineman. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, we had a guy by the name of Henry Saunders, a black kid. He goes downtown. we uh, Christmas, I believe. We had to practice. And he gets caught. I don't know how to say this. but the 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 Yeah. And so he said he didn't do it blah blah blah, the whole thing goes and all of a sudden we lose uh, Harold Ross I think uh, Willie Willie, I can't remember but we lost four damn good players who walked off that team and Harold Ross was one of them and and you don't hear much of that that protest Mm -hmm. and I think we had a shot at Weaver State that year. And uh, after that happened, it collapsed because Ross was the guy keeping us going. He could find me. I never had a guy find me open like that. So that that was devastating, man. And uh, a lot of the kids quit, but there was... He, we stuck on. I think old Ray Howard was playing with me, but we didn't win that many games. But, boy, um, that coup that ended the seniors all had
2: heart, man. I mean, because it was a rough goal. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Well, we, we appreciate the memory, and it's good, too have stories that we haven't heard before that we're not familiar with and understand some of what took place at that time. We appreciate that, Don. Ryan,
0: I yeah. want to ask you about uh, so hearing some of these old school stories, because I think one of the, uh, the great parts of of Native culture in general is just the way that the stories are passed down, and anybody right. that follows ba- Native basketball in Montana, they, they know the stories of all the legends that came before them and all the guys that are contemporaries now, but when you were growing up, you know, w- with the prestige your dad had, but also just how many great basketball players there have been from the reservations in Montana. How did that influence you and what sort of um, way did that help pave a path for, for your basketball uh, your life in basketball? Well,
3: it was pretty easy. I had, I you was know, surrounded by a bunch of great athletes, you know, my my siblings, my dad, my uncles, you know, my grandfather, you know, a lot of people don't know my great uncle's uh, Hall of Famer at the University of Western, Jess Wetzel. And, you know, he's he's one of those kind of guys you, you don't hear too much on, but, you know, it's just another one of those guys, part of that legacy. And, you know, and then just for me coming up, my dad would always be coaching. So we'd have guys, you know, I knew Chris Boya, Kurt Walker, you know, all these UM legends back when they were in middle school because um, they were the same age as my older brother, Donnie Jr. So You know, these guys were staying at our house all summer long going to tournaments and stuff when I'm, you know, five, six, seven years old. And then, you know, with guys coming on the scene like J.R. Camel, he was just one of those guys in my kind of generation where how athletic he was, how quick he got to the rim, uh, coming straight from the res, uh, he just popped up and here he went and you know, that was one of my guys kind of where I was like, Holy crap, this guy's got the game. You know, he know he knows how to play and so it was just it was just all part of that accumulation of things and then just constantly being around just standout players from the state of Montana and the reservations. I mean, I could go on and on.
0: We've seen some of the uh, best basketball teams in the state, even still now, uh, teams with, with uh, a bunch of Native American guys or even teams from reservations. I mean, Harden was a mini dynasty in Class A last couple of years, but Browning's been really good. Lodgegrass has been really good. R. Lee obviously had their phenomenal run, playing in three straight state championships, winning back-to-back. Do you feel like the legends of the past still resonate with kids of today?
3: Oh, absolutely! Without a doubt, you go into any of these gyms throughout the reservations. You mentioned certain names, and people will get it right away. Even the surrounding communities to these reservations. Um, you know, it was always fun to see. You know, when a harden would roll into town back in my day at Billings Central, they'd be playing. You know, Billings West, and half the gym was crows from Crow Country. And you know, you just watch out. You know, Class A school come into these double-A powerhouses with, you know, nothing but res ball, run and gun, and and it was just highlight after highlight, and you would hear people echoing, oh, man, it looked like, you know, George Yellow Eyes or, of course, Elvis Old Bull You got David Bell up from Fort Belknap, um, Richard Dion from Poplar, Montana, won two uh, world titles with the CBA, uh, Yakima Sun Kings, you know, you got these kids that get to look up to these kind of guys, and, and the culture of basketball on the reservation is, is about as strong as it gets, you know, with this Harden team and the Grass teams and Browning and, you know, Rocky Boy and Box Elder. I mean, you could just go on and on how, how many
0: wonderful basketball programs are out there right now in Montana Reservation. There you go. Memorializing. Don Wetzel, Sr., Along with his son, Ryan Wetzel, one of the great basketball families in the state of Montana. Don passed away last week at the age of 74. He's one of the great Native American basketball players to ever come through Montana. The first Native American to come off of a reservation, get a Division I scholarship, and also graduate from a Division I school. Certainly a pioneer and uh, certainly worth remembering because he blazed the trail for many, many uh, that came after him. On the note of reservation teams, the Harden Girls. They're rolling. and They're into the Class A state title game. Uh, they had two big wins, including a 76-71 win over Laurel to advance to tomorrow's state title game in Bozeman. They will play the winner of Billings, Central, and Haver, the fifth time in the last five years. Central and Haver have played in the state tournament. Haver, back-to-back state champions. Uh, see if they can gun for their third straight. So, Nuan is now ESPN Radio, live from Metals Sports Bar here in Butte, Montana. The Billings West game just went final. The Billings West Golden Bears into the state championship game. Uh, they outlast Kalispell Glacier. Missoula Hellgate and Bozeman, they're about to tip. Uh, the Knights and the Hawks uh, live from the Civic Center, so we'll be headed down there as soon as we're done with this show. We'll take a step outside of high school basketball. We'll talk some college basketball. How about the history of the seeds in the NCAA tournament? since the last time the Big Sky Conference got a win in the big dance. We'll take you through the history and also just some thoughts about the mindset it takes to go compete in the NCAA tournament. We also have a little bit of a soundbite from Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach, as the Bobcats head back to the big dance for the second straight year. Don't touch the dial. Live from the Mining City, is now back right after this. It's ESPN Radio.
4: Now, on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on
0: SWX Montana Television. What if I told you that all the roads that led to the U at Miami actually started in Butte Montana? Would you believe me? If you don't believe me, you should come check out the Coach's Corner down here at Metal's Sports Bar in the mining city. Welcome back, Nuana's now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coming to you live from Butte, Montana. And this is one of my favorite rooms in all of this state. Honestly, in the entire world. This room that they have here at Metals, which, by the way, is a renovated old bank vault. One of the coolest sports bars you'll go to anyways. But they have this sweet coach's corner here with signage and tributes to so many of the great coaches that have come out of the state of Montana, specifically those uh, with great Butte roots. When it comes to the rise of the University of Miami in football, it started from the foresight and the leadership of Sam Jankovic. Sam Jankovic is from Butte, Montana. Uh, He was a letterman at Butte High School in the late 1950s and played football at the University of Montana And uh, then went on to become a coach. Uh, He was an assistant under Jim Sweeney at Montana State in the early 1960s when the Bobcats joined the uh, Big Sky Conference, one of the inaugural, one of the the, uh, charter members of the Big Sky Conference. Then Jankovic and Sweeney went to Washington State in the 1960s. And uh, by the early 70s, Jankovic had moved into athletic administration. Well... Fast forward to the early 1980s, and Sam Djankovic was the athletic director at the University of Miami. And he is uh, famous for hiring first uh, Jimmy Johnson there at uh, Miami and then Dennis Erickson. And that led to uh, the rise of the U, winning multiple national championships. And uh, Sam Djankovic, one of the primary highlights of uh, this coach's corner here in Butte. There's the the unbelievable picture of former president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, holding a Miami championship jersey, Jimmy Johnson on the left, Michael Irvin in the middle, and Sam Jankovic on the right. It's amazing that uh, the road from the U led back to Butte, Montana. Thanks to medals for hosting us here as uh, we are in town for the Class AA state tournaments. Billings West, they overcome uh, Kalispell Glacier and West into the finals. Uh, of the Double A tournament, now the second undefeated semifinal is underway as well. Hellgate taking on Bozeman. The Knights have an early five to four lead, so we'll give you as many uh, up to date results as we possibly can here uh, from the Class Double A state tournament here in uh, in Butte, Montana. Azul Loyola into the uh, Class B state championship. They made short work of Lodgegrass and then outlasted a really talented Wolf Point team. So Loyola seems like uh, a team of destiny, and uh, now they're just one step away. It's a great story under Scott Anderson that uh, a guy that coached Loyola for almost a quarter century then stepped away for almost a decade, and now he's back as the head coach. And uh, Loyola, they, they just get up and down. They play such an entertaining style of basketball. And they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, they will play the winner of Big Fork and Malta. That game underway in Great Falls as well. Um, so it should be good uh, to, to follow along and see if Loyola can bring home another state championship. We're up against a little bit, so here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to take a break, and then we'll take you home by analyzing some of the seedings for the Big Sky Conference Tournament champions from over the last several years. Uh... The draw for the Big Sky, it hasn't gotten any better over the last decade or so, and that's been part of the uphill sledding for the Big Sky's champion when they get to the big dance. We'll analyze that next. Keep it right here. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuana's coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot?
1: Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now.
0: When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot?
1: Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise.
0: What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot?
1: I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community.
0: And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it, it seems like such a great company to work for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to
0: find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com.
2: This is is Now on
0: 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. News of the day. Out of the University of Montana football program. Patrick Rohrbach, an All-American punter and the FCS National Punter of the Year last year. He's moving on, but he's not moving on to play football. It's actually kind of cool. It's actually really cool. He is moving on to pursue a career in the Air Force. He will transfer to Arizona State to join the Flying Devils, which is Arizona State's Air Force ROTC detachment program. It's one of the nation's top feeder programs into the U.S. Air Force Academy's flight school. So Patrick Rohrbach, who was uh, an outstanding punter last year for the Grizz, he's moving on uh, to the next phase of his life. Uh, so second year in a row that the Grizz had one of the top freshman punters in the United States, and now they'll be looking for a replacement. But uh, if history isn't indicative of anything, it's that uh, Bobby Hawk knows how to find the specialist. So we'll see where they go from there, but certainly not going to be... Um, the history indicates that it'll be just fine. Nuan is now live from Metals Sports Bar here in downtown Butte. Class AA tournament underway. Billings West for uh, the AA boys into the championship game. They await the winner of Hellgate and Bozeman High. Late in the first quarter, Hellgate leads Bozeman 11-6. to 6. So by the time we get back with you on Monday, we'll have state champions for boys' and girls' basketball from around uh, the state. Missing in today's show, you can always find it on the nuana's Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Nuana's Now podcast also presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold anytime you're on campus there at MSU. A couple last thoughts for you here uh, on Nuana's Now. The, the seeding for the Big Sky Conference champion in the NCAA tournament, it's not been favorable over the last 15 or so years. The last time the league won a tournament game was when the Grizzlies beat Nevada in the 2006 championship. So much of that was because the Grizzlies got a 12 seed, which is definitely the most favorable seed that the Big Sky champion has gotten in the 21st century. It was also because they got to play a non-Power 5 team in the Nevada Wolfpack. That, that team was good, but playing a non-Power 5 is just such a difference for the Big Sky champions. So over the last uh, 15 years since that last win, the Big Sky has gotten no higher than a 13 seed, but more often than not, 14, 15, and 16 seeds, and that's resulted in uh, some pretty tough matchups. I mean, the the other games in which Big Sky teams hung since 2006 – Montana lost 62 57 as a 14 seed to number three New Mexico in 2010. Weber State actually was in it with number one Arizona in 2014 as a 16 seed. They only lost that game by nine. Eastern Washington against Georgetown, 2015, 84 74. North Dakota was pretty competitive with Arizona, but lost, I mean, 18 points, but they still scored 82 in 182 loss. And probably the most recent uh, competitive result was when Eastern Washington went toe-to-toe with Kansas. Kansas hit a couple threes down the stretch and ended up emerging with a 93-84 win. Uh, but I think that there's just so much to it. and Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about my theory about the mindset of the Big Sky champs. I think a lot of times the Big Sky champions are such uh, – such having a, have a target on their backs. They have such broad shoulders, and they are like the favorites in all of their games, and they have to endure – everybody's best shot. I think they have a hard time adjusting to an underdog mentality. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, next week, but I just wanted to share this before the week's over. Montana State is headed back to the big dance for the second year in a row. First time in their program's history that that has been the case. Dave sprinkle addressed exactly that how does the bobcats maximize their experience from last year going into this year how does it help them and what does he like about this year's team compared to last year's team going into the ncaa tournament
3: and now you get to keep going dancing the past few years big sky rep has been around the 14 seed last year you played texas tech knowing what you how that game went and what the experience that was what do you think you're going to need to do to prepare differently coming against one of the best teams in the country
5: yeah, I mean, we'll prepare like we, we do for any other game. You know, we're, we're not going to change things up. We're going to do things the way we do them. And, uh, I mean, last year we ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, Texas Tech was one of the best defensive teams in the past 10 years in all of Division One, And they shot the ball extremely well that day, which they hadn't done up to that point. And, uh, you know, and it was tough. You know, our two best players last year, X and Jabril, and it's not an excuse, but they both had surgery the day after Texas Tech game. You know xavier played on a broken foot and jabril was half speed you know not saying it would have changed anything in the game but it would have helped us a little bit um so we're not going to change we're going to do and prepare the way we do our guys trust and believe in how do you turn the page and how do you get a team ready i know you're going to enjoy it for a minute but uh,
0: how do you i mean how much do you think the experience from last year helps you
5: it'll help and and these guys will tell you i got i got ways to humble them and uh you know, we got, you know, I know how to humble these guys and get them back on track and uh, and keep them hungry, you know, and and I think the experience last year will help us, you know, because I think I think we're a little disappointed with kind of how we played last year. And, uh, you know, whoever we draw is going to be an unbelievable team, but we got to go. We got to go fight and, and do what we do.
2: Danny, I know you've already addressed the, the new format of this season, um, but last year tournament ends much later in championship week now you have a couple of days even just to awesome. get to selection sunday and then you have almost essentially a full week before that first game how much do you expect that extra time to be beneficial to your team given that you're a little bit healthier this year
5: yeah i think it'll be huge you know plus our guys don't have to sit on a bus for eight hours and go right to selection sunday you know and so we get to enjoy it for a couple of days and and uh and then get back in the gym but you know i like the new format of you know get I'm, i i It's nice to play on Saturday night, too, because I know a lot more people from Bozeman would probably be able to make it on a weekend, but we still had an unbelievable turnout that sparked us, and, and we'll enjoy those couple extra days off, I know that.